passions are running high as Rodney Reed faces an execution date in Texas this month, November 20th. A jury found him guilty of the rape and murder of a young woman named Stacy Stites. She died in 1996. Still on death row, Reed's case has drawn international attention with calls for a stay of execution and for a new trial, as many of his supporters say he was wrongly condemned to death. Still, the appellate courts have upheld his conviction. In our four-part podcast series, we'll examine this case and hear from people on different sides of the question. The question is simply this, did Rodney Reed kill Stacy Stites or did someone else? First, this. We will draw no conclusions on our own. Our job is to report the story as clearly as we can and hear from the people who are most directly involved in the case. This is Texas Crime Files, produced by KVUE-TV, known as KVU in Texas, a Tegna-owned station. I'm Bob Buckaloo. Bastrop County, Texas is something of an anomaly. It's a county that's held on to its rural roots despite being about 30 miles from the bustling capital city of Austin. Famous for the pine tree forest, in fact, photogenic. The internet movie database lists over 100 movies filmed here over the years, from indies to blockbusters. Almost everyone shops at the big HEB grocery store, and it's here that this story begins. It's early in the morning of April 23, 1996, when 19-year-old Stacy Stites fails to show up for her job in the produce department. She's a punctual worker who chose the early, early morning shift for some extra pay to help cover the expenses of her wedding. She's going to marry a police officer from a nearby town. His name is Jimmy Fennell. They share an apartment together, and on this morning, she is to drive Fennell's red pickup truck to work, leaving the house around 3.30 in the morning. Two hours later, Stacy Stite still has not shown up for her job. But Fennell's red pickup truck is found, abandoned, in the local high school parking lot. Stacy Stites is missing. Then the news that came mid-afternoon that same day. Someone picking flowers off a highway in the pine forest finds her body. She was partially clothed and appeared to have been strangled with her own belt. DNA from an unknown male was later found in her body. The rest of the story would play out over several decades. The suspects, the trial, the hearings, the petitions, and the death sentence. We'll get to all of that in this series, but time to step back and learn more about the young woman whose body was found in the forest. Her sister, Deborah Oliver, spoke with KVU TV reporter Chris Betts. So growing up, we definitely were were the closest of the sisters. Um, You know, we're the ones that fought because she borrowed my shirt and ruined it and that kind of thing and had to share a room and so um, but after I graduated they moved to Smithville Stacy was the athletic one I was the smart one so she always played basketball and volleyball and was into sports she was participated in ROTC so we were both always very active I was more of the student council and she was more of the sports and you know ROTC like I said we just always were uh, the closest of the sisters, the ones that definitely squabbled over silly things. Um, probably my favorite memory at this point is um, right before she was killed, uh, she came up in February and it was just the two of us. Um, I was already married, but uh, my husband like left for the night so we could hang out and we just 
hung out and did what sisters do and talked and watched movies and just were together. And so that's probably my favorite memory at this point. Um, my last conversation with her uh, before she was killed was that um, she was getting married. I was the maid of honor. So she called to let me know that the appointments were made, that we were getting our hair and our nails done. And I just found shoes because um, it was a horrible forest green dress, which I'm sure was going to look lovely. But I found shoes to match it. So um, we were kind of finalizing all the details for her wedding. Okay. Yeah. Um, what was it like when she met Jimmy? What would she tell you about Jimmy? Um, she really liked Jimmy a lot. Like I said, she was in ROTC, so um, she was very much drawn to that idea. They, they met at the Smithville whatever they call Jamboree, whatever, whatever those little small town festivals are. He was working security and that's how they had met. And, um, you know, and they just clicked. And your mom and um, Stacy were pretty close. My mom and Stacy were definitely very close. They were probably the closest of all the sisters um, with my mom, absolutely. She was the baby. Yeah, yeah. How is your mom doing now? She doesn't do well with this at all. Mm -hmm. um, it definitely takes a toll on her. Um, she's very frustrated with um, the fact that Stacy has gotten lost in all of this story. Um, Stacy doesn't have a voice, and um, the only way to have a voice is to do these interviews, which is heart wrenching. So um, people keep wanting, like, it's a horrible, traumatic experience. Let's relive it over and over and over again. So it's really, really tough to do these. When all of this happened, Jiminy was definitely the person that I was most drawn to. Um, you know, we're the ones that sat in the corner and held each other's hand and cried. Um, I don't know if a lot of people know that we buried her in her wedding dress and he put the ring on her finger. Um, it was just his parents and I there to see that. After Stacy's death, law officers began interviewing suspects and taking DNA samples from virtually everyone who knew Stacy, even casual friends and acquaintances. But it was her fiance who had become the prime suspect, Jimmy Fennell. So did we suspect him? Well, of course you always suspected him, but it never added up. What was the motive? Um, it never added up. So, you know, we came up and we visited him afterwards. So it just never quite made sense. You know, and, and quite honestly, at the end of the year, I, I really thought it was going to be a cold case. I, I didn't think they were ever going to find anyone. It, they, they tested everyone, you know, any, anyone who had remotely had contact with her at any point. I mean, hundreds, they exhausted it. it everyone keeps saying this was a small town. No, it wasn't a small town investigation. This was the Texas Rangers, the Texas Attorney General. They completely took over and investigated this and it was exhaustive. Fennell would go on to fail two polygraph tests, but the DNA found on Stacy didn't match his, and he was exonerated. But in the minds of those who know and support Rodney Reed, suspicions about Fennell's involvement in Stacy's death have never gone away. The case goes cold for about a year, and then a new suspect emerges, Rodney Reed. But how was Reed tied to Stacy's murder? One woman's ordeal took the case in a new direction. The next thing I know, he has me by the back of my hair, slamming my face in my steering wheel. I'm punching backwards, and I open the door. I scream so loud that I pee my pants. That's on our next episode of Texas Crime Files, Rodney Reed. 
This podcast was produced by KVUE-TV, known as KVU in Texas, a Tegna-owned station. Special thanks to our crew, producer Sarah Bryant, reporter Chris Betts, and sound recordist Brian Bell. I'm your host, Bob Buckaloo, for Texas Crime Files. Crime Files.